0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, May 28th, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. The process has begun, digging through years of writings and opinions of Sonia Sotomayor as she attempts to become the next justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. Roger Pilon, Vice President for Legal Affairs at the Cato Institute, offers his thoughts.
1: She was uh, a child of the Bronx. She grew up uh, in relative uh, poverty in the Bronx, uh, raised by her mother after her father died when she was nine years old. She did very well in high school, uh, went to Princeton, graduated summa cum laude, then went to Yale Law School, um, wrote on the Yale Journal, uh, was uh, an assistant district attorney in New York under Robert Morgenthau. She was a commercial litigator. Uh, And then she was named to the uh, uh, federal bench by George Bush Sr. in something of a compromise that was reached uh, when Daniel Moynihan uh, recommended her in 1991 as a district court judge. Then uh, she was uh, nominated and confirmed um, by um, President uh, Clinton to the Second Circuit. Interestingly, 29 uh, senators voted against her in uh, the elevation to the Second Circuit. So she was controversial by that time.
0: What is most striking about her uh, writings as a judge and her work as an attorney?
1: She has refrained from taking positions where you'd think that she might take positions, and none more clearly than this Ricci v. DiStefano case that is before the Supreme Court right now. This is a case coming out of New Haven, Connecticut, whereby a test was given to firefighters who aspired to be um, officers, and the results did not come out right. In other words, they were uh, such that the whites and one Latino scored well, and the African-American test takers did not. The plaintiff, lead plaintiff, is Frank Ricci, Who suffers from dyslexia. He paid over a thousand dollars to have someone transfer the test material onto tape so that he could study. He studied long and hard and scored very well on the exam. After it was uh, determined that the results of the exam were not uh, politically correct, if I may put it that way, uh, the city decided to throw them out and they elevated no one to an officer corps. Uh, Mr. Reese and others brought suit at the district court. The uh, court uh, summarily uh, rejected uh, the suit. And the Court of Appeals did the same uh, with uh, Judge Sotomayor on the panel. Uh, Unfortunately, they wrote no opinion. And in fact, it looks like they tried to bury the opinion because they published nothing. Only when um, the rest of the court, Second Circuit, Sought to uh, have the court, the decision reheard on bank by the full court, which uh, was decided against seven to six. Did we get uh, an um, uh, a blistering opinion by Jose Cubranus on that court, uh, bringing out all the facts, the uh, failure to address the serious constitutional issues by the panel on which Judge Sotomayor sat? and uh, the attempt to bury the decision by not publishing it. And so there were shenanigans in that case that have come to light. Uh, The um, conventional wisdom is that the Supreme Court is going to reverse it. And if it does, this opinion is going to come out just before uh, the hearings are likely to be uh, undertaken in the Senate uh, for confirmation of uh, Judge Sotomayor. So it will be embarrassing that she will be, if it is the case, overturned, uh, in that case. And that's likely to be a very, very important case, uh, for these hearings because it brings to the fore the issue of empathy, which the president has of course said so much about. And the question is, where was her empathy for Frank Ricci, who is a very sympathetic, um, plaintiff in this case?
0: What of her jurisprudence on property rights, uh, Richard Epstein wrote an article in Forbes recently arguing that uh, uh, one case that she had decided extended the reach uh, beyond the very controversial Kelo decision.
1: Yes, that was a case that uh, on the facts is absolutely shocking. Uh, uh, the case is called uh, uh, didn' or Dyden, the village of Port Chester. It seems that... Um, uh, the plaintiff is in that in that case, um, uh, Mr. Dyden uh, wanted to build a pharmacy on land that he owned, uh, that was uh, under redevelopment uh, uh, by Port Chester, and uh, under the uh, control of um, uh, one Greg Wasser. Uh. So um, uh, Dyden uh, uh, presented this plan to Mr. Wasser and Wasser told him uh, that he'd approve the project if Dydon paid him $800,000 or gave him a partnership uh, interest uh, and the implicit or else was that uh, he would uh, uh, refuse to, uh, uh, to uh, approve the, uh, the, the plan uh, and ask the city to condemn the village and would put up a pharmacy himself and that's exactly what happened. Unfortunately, this is another one of those cases where uh, Judge uh, Sotomayor saw nothing wrong and essentially, uh, in a summary way, approved that. I mean, it was a an egregious abuse of the takings clause, which provides that no property shall be taken except for public use and upon payment of just compensation. And so um, this is just one more example. There's another example, too, uh, that uh, came down just in January. It's a gun control case, and this is interesting politically because uh, there may be uh, opportunity here for the Republicans to exploit the concern of red state Democrats in the Senate who um, live in areas where guns are very important the decision came down that the Second Amendment, now this was after the Heller decision, uh, in which the Supreme Court found that the Second Amendment protects the individual's right to keep and bear arms. In this case, uh, Just Judge Sotomayor and the panel she sat on held that the Second Amendment does not pl- apply against the states. And so here is one more case that is likely to come up during the hearings.
0: The Ninth Circuit has already incorporated the Second Amendment.
1: That's correct. The Ninth Circuit has held the Second Amendment does apply against the states. And interestingly, on the very day that President Obama nominated Judge Sotomayor, in Chicago, in the Seventh Circuit, a case was brought before the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals raising just this question, namely whether the Second Amendment does apply against the states.
0: What does this nomination mean to a Republican Party that is, I think, widely agreed to be in remarkable disarray?
1: Well, this is an interesting opportunity, if they seize it, for the Republican Party because they're having trouble right now uh, making clear what it is that they stand for. This is going to be tough for them, however, because they've got a very sympathetic nominee, a person whose life story is very attractive, And, of course, uh, she is a Latina, and that means that um, uh, they are up against the problem of the um, Hispanic or Latino vote um, being largely democratic these days. Um, If they handle it carefully, they can stake out the positions that they stand for with respect to the Constitution, individual liberty, and limited government because she will not be on firm ground in these areas. And so uh, it's up to them to do that. Uh, It's going to be difficult, though, not least because the numbers now on the Senate Judiciary Committee are 12 to 7. Never in recent memory has it been so unbalanced on that committee. So they're going to be having far fewer chances to um, bring their points out than the Democrats are going to have to answer them.
0: Roger Pilon is Vice President for Legal Affairs at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work on the Supreme Court at cato.org.